Uh, good morning. Uh, as we move on, um, getting uh, closer to the end of the book uh, with uh, Chapter 2 coming in a very short period of time, I want to thank you for listening. Uh, continue to read these podcasts. They're important. And um, make sure you uh, get your midterms in on Monday. I will correct them as quickly as possible and uh, get you your marks back um, uh, in a short period of time. And being the Thanksgiving week, um, might be a little busy, but I will get it done and get those marks to you again as soon as possible. Um, the, the other scenario on this is um, coming up quickly is your uh, final exam schedule. Uh, that will be posted right around the end of November, early December. So you'd have ample time uh, to complete your final test uh, research paper, I'm sorry, um, by the uh, 13th of December. Um, that may be stretched a bit because officially it says here um, that the 15th of December is uh, your final day, which is a Sunday, which means to me uh, that it's that whole week. So, um, I will give you clarification on that as soon as I know, um, and uh, I will let you know um, as soon as I know. So plan on the 13th, uh, but it appears it may be extended at least for a few days uh, after that. Any questions, please call me. Thanks. Anyways, we're going to start with... Um, our next chapter, which is chapter 19, uh, Health Medicine and the Environment. Health and Medicine. Um, some interesting perspectives here from a couple of dif different uh, sociological thinkers, researchers, which I think we should ma make note of, and <clears throat> the idea of how we maintain our health. Father says, uh, if you have anything that you can do the best you can is try to stay healthy. Um, doesn't matter how much money you have as long as you're healthy. There's a point to that. Uh, we've all had our different situations with health, and uh, it's important that we understand that uh, health is uh, one of the big factors, if not the main factor, in how we run our lives. We certainly want to make sure that uh, we are stable financially and that our families are uh, safe and that uh, where we live is safe. All connected to health, if we really want to talk about that. Um, we'll go on to some interesting 
scenarios about the environment, especially on uh, water and air pollution. Uh, I will make uh, some brief comments on those uh, that you should be paying attention to. Okay, so the idea of excuse me, the idea of health, and and if we understand anything, we understand that uh, health has a a significant foundation, a deniable definition. And as far as the World Health Organization, they state it as a state of complete physical, mental, and social well-being, not merely the absence of disease and infirmity. So it covers everything, ladies and gentlemen. It covers everything um, in relation to physically, mentally, and socially. You know, we talk about our physical and mental health, you know, uh, but we also have to talk about our social health and how that produces our overall health. So let's understand that. Why is it that you may consider yourself sick or well when the others do not agree? Who controls definitions of health and the illness in our society and for what ends? What are the consequences of viewing yourself or of being viewed as ill or disabled? And there's a couple of different approaches to this. Different schools of sociological thinking and two of the ones that we'll be talking about briefly today is the functionalist view and the conflict approach. Functionalists tell us uh, that uh, illness, uh, illness entails breaks in our social interaction both at work and home. From a functionalist perspective, I would think you would want to know this. This would be on page 419, right towards the bottom. From a functionalist perspective, being sick must therefore be controlled so not as to many people, um, excuse me, let's start over. I always get confused at times and I got to put my glasses on. Illness entails breaks in our social interactions, both at work and at home, from a functionalist perspective. Being sick must therefore be controlled, so that not many people are released from their societal responsibilities at any one time. Functionalists contend that an overly broad definition of illness, illness would disrupt the workings of our society. The idea of functionalism is, is as we've talked before, of the functional, functional aspect of your life. What are the functional things that make you go, to make you think, to make you a, that type of person that will be productive within the society? And functionalists think that you have to continue to understand, to check yourself out. And 
in our society, you know, um, the, when we have these broad definitions of being ill, uh, it disrupts the working of our society. Think about that. Think about that. Does it disrupt your family life? Does it disrupt the idea of your social life? Does it disrupt the idea of the overall way people view you? Think about it. Scientific study of human behavior, which I continue to say, uh, is the key component in this. Sickness requires that one take on a social role, if only temporarily. The sick role refers to the societal expectations about the attitudes and behaviors of a person being viewed as ill. Atasal Parsons uh, had a few things to say about this. Uh, and uh, the idea was... Uh, Parson tells us that uh, the people who are ill are exempt from their normal day-to-day -day responsibilities and generally do not suffer blame for their condition, yet they are obligated to try to get well, which includes uh, seeking competent professional care. According to Parson's theories, uh, according to Parson's theories physicians function as gatekeepers, quote-unquote, for the sick role. They either verify a patient's condition or illness or designate the patient as recovered. The ill person becomes dependent on the physician because the latter can be controlled uh, can control valuable rewards, not only treatment of illness, but also excuse absences from work or school. Parsons suggests this, that the physician-patient relationship is somewhat like that between a parent and a child. Like a parent, physicians help <clears throat> helps the patient to enter society as a full and functioning adult. The concept of the sick role is not without criticism. Patients' judgments regarding their own state of health may be related to their gender, age, social class, ethnic group. Parsons has a point here, does he not? We have a, an appointment with the doctor. Uh, we have physical once a year, and, and there is something not quite right, but not extremely... Uh, life-threatening that physician tells you the remedy or at least gives you the suggestion of a remedy because he's the person that, that, that should know or she's the person that should know and you follow that rule you follow that suggestion just like with your parents uh, when you're uh, living at home and the rules you have to follow. Conflict approach is a little different. 
Conflict believes this. They observe the medical profession has an assumed preeminence that extends well beyond whether to excuse a student from school or an employee from work. Uh, Elliot Friedson, uh, 1970, has linked the position of medicine today to that of state religions yesterday. It has officially approved monopoly of the right uh, to define health and illness and the treatment of illness. Conflict theories use the term medicalization. Something I want you to remember. Medicalization of society to refer to the growing role of medicine as a major institution of social control. How does, manifest, how does medicine manifest its social control? First, medicine has largely expanded its domain and expertise in recent decades. Physicians n- now examine a wide range of issues, among them sexual, uh, sexuality, old age, anxiety, obesity, child development, alcoholism, drug addiction. We tolerate this expansion of thousands of boundaries of medicine because we hope that these experts can can bring new miracle cures to complex human problems as they have to the control of certain infectious diseases. The social significance is this, is this expanding medicalization is that once a problem is viewed using medicalization model, one once medical experts become influential in proposing and assessing relevant public policies, it becomes more difficult for common people to join the discussion and exert influence on decision making. This is what I'll tell you. You make sure you stay active with how your health is. <coughs> Rely on your doctor. Rely on yourself. Do your own studies. Do some research. And (coughs) understand the terms and the condition the doctor is putting you in. It's important. And you must be well aware of your health condition. Is your normal day being normal? Meaning, normal for you. What's your normal, healthy day like? You you must think about that and understand it. Because if you don't, then problems occur. And if the doctor gives you medication that is counterproductive or you're reacting to, stop taking that medication and call your doctor immediately. It's your health. No one else's. No one's not saying not to trust your doctor. You do. But make sure those results are the results that make you that normal self again. Medicine serves as an agent of social control also by retaining absolute jurisdiction over many health care procedures. 
It has even attempted to guard its jurisdiction by placing healthcare professionals such as chiropractors and, and nurse midwives, midwives outside the realm of acceptable medicine. You believe in, in chiropractors or, <clears throat> or uh, midwives, nurse midwives. These practices have been going on for hundreds of years. Ever go to a chiropractor? They were once classified as Looney Tunes. That's what they called them in all, in all due respect to the mentally ill. They weren't part of the medical society. Midwives today are looked at the, the females, especially the females, medical wives, of colonial times. Furthest thing from the truth. Do your research. Check it out. Find out who is doing what at any particular time. Get your information and make sure not only it's correct that it's correct that you understand it. The inequities of health insurance, medicalization of society is but one concern of conflict theorists. Um, the idea of how we determine things it says here to determine who benefits, who suffers, and who dominates at the expense of others. Viewed from the conflict perspective, glaring inequities exist in the healthcare delivery system in the United States. Poor areas tend to be underserved because medical services concentrate where the people are wealthy. You know, sometimes that's a hard pill to, to swallow. There are many people in this country, in this world, that can't afford basic health care. Where you have the other part of the country, whether you are in the uh, lower, middle, or upper middle class, or upper class, that get appointments and have no problems getting medication or medical assistance anytime they want. The poor and very poor have a difficult time with this because they don't have the money, they don't have the coverage. And that's one of the inequities of health care. We've been battling to get universal health care for ages since the Clinton administration. Whether you like the new proposals that are happening in health care, or you don't. There has to be a starting point where everybody is covered. One of the things, supposedly, about our country, we are supposed to be the humanitarians of the world. Judge for yourself whether we are or not. Conflict theorists emphasize that the inequities in health care have clear life and death consequences 
From a conflict perspective, the dramatic differences in infant mortality rates around the world reflect at least part of the unequal distribution of health care. And all you have to do is look on page 421 and see the infant mortality rates of several countries around the world. There's a dozen of them on page 421. Look them up. Look at it. And we're not the lowest, by the way. You see where we are. Figure it out. The role of government. What's the role of government in all of this? Not until the 20th century, it says here, that, uh, did health care receive federal aid? The 20th century, I mean, this country was born in 1776. This first significant movement was 1946, the Hill-Burton Act, which provided subsidies for buildings and improving hospitals, especially in rural areas, uh, giving the high rates of illness and disability among Amongst elderly people, Medicare has had huge impact on the health care services. Medicare simply reimburses health care providers, uh, such as physicians and uh, uh, hospitals, for the bill cost of their services. We need to continue to improve. We need to continue to improve this. 14 million people out there that do not have adequate health care. We need to improve. Please read and understand the the, uh, significant page uh, 431 on the right-hand side about mental illness in the United States. Come on to the two, what I see as as two leading environmental problems that we have in this country. Environmental problems, uh, page four thirty five at the base. Unfortunately, the environmental problems caused by. Um, unbridled development has, effect, has effects far beyond the places where they are created. Uh, it, we, we go on and, and start to talk about um, the situations that are happening in our country and around the world. People are recognizing the need to address such challenges to our environment, such as air and water pollution. Yet the United States survey responded do not see environmental issues as the most pressing of problems. They often balk at proposed solutions. In 2006, two-thirds of the people in the United States were pessimistic about the environment. Yet in 2008, 49% of the adults said the protection of the environment should be given priority. 42% said the government should pursue economic growth if the environment suffers. 
we have been warned for years that the the existence of our planet will deteriorate if we do not start taking care of where we live. Let's talk briefly about it. Um, air pollution. Worldwide, more than one billion people are exposed to potentially health damaging levels of air pollution. Now I have to remember this book was written 10 years ago. There's some new, new surveys out there. Um, check them out. Check them out. It's not a good scenario, ladies and gentlemen. If any of you have ever been to uh, the, big in, the big cities such as New York and Boston and Chicago, especially, especially Los Angeles, and you're in a traffic jam in the middle of the summer and you see the billowing smoke, those are not clouds you see. That's the carbon dioxide coming out of your mufflers. Industry that still pollutes the air. The ozone is getting thinner. Our weather is getting more severe. You need to stop and think about that. Schaefer tells us urban air pollution is caused primarily by emissions from automobiles and secondary emissions from electric power plants uh, in heavy industry. Smog not only limits of visibility, can lead to health problems as uncomfortable as anxiety irritation and as deadly as lung cancer. The World Health Organization estimates that up to 700,000 premature deaths per year could be prevented if pollutants were, were brought down to safer levels. It's a World uh, Institute uh, in the, and the Cardi Report in 1999 and 1998, 20 years ago. How are you feeling now? People are capable of changing their behavior, but they are also unwilling to make such changes permanent. During the 1984 Olympics in Los Angeles, residents were asked to carpool and stagger their work hours to relieve traffic congestion and improve the quality of the air they breathe. These changes resulted in a remarkable 12% drop in the ozone levels. But when the Olympics left, people reverted back to their normal way of behavior. So you're going to be shocked and told what to do you don't know. Look it up. On an everyday basis, that is when the cities are not holding down their emissions because of global sports events, air pollution is still a serious issue in the United States. According to the study published in 2009, six out of 10 people in the United States live in communities, six out of 10, with dangerously high levels of pollution, 
of air pollution, excuse me, of air pollution. 60% of us we have a problem and we're not solving it. A bit scary. Let's talk a minute about water pollution and we'll, we'll close this out. Throughout the United States, uh, dumping of waste materials by industries and local governments have polluted streams, rivers, and lakes. Consequently, many bodies of water have become unsafe, drinking, fishing, and swimming. Around the world, pollution of the oceans is an issue of growing concern. Such pollution results in regu regularly from waste dumping and is made worse by fuel leaks from shipping and occasional oil spills. Um, I don't have to tell you about the Exxon Valdez. If you don't know about the Exxon Valdez, look it up, Prince William Sound, Alaska, 1989, where a cargo ship dumped uh, 11 million gallons of crude oil in Alaska. Less dramatic than large-scale accidents or disasters, but more common in any part, many parts of the world are problems with the basic water supply. Worldwide, over 1.1 billion people lack safe and adequate drinking water. Flint, Michigan! It's not that long ago, and they're still having problems. I want you to look something up. You want to know about air, uh, water pollution? There's several documentaries. And all you have to do is look up the first one. It's called Gasland Part 1. You want to read about air pollution? You want to write about air pollution? Because it could certainly be on a, uh, on a test. Could be on your final. If you want to understand anything about water pollution. A must-see is the documentary by Jamie Foxx on water pollution called Gasland, Part 1. We are on the precipice of destroying our planet. Are you going to be that person that just stands by? Are you that person going to help with all the individual things that you can do to keep the neighborhoods and the places where you live and the places where you visit healthy and safe? Between medicine and the environment, we can live long lives, but we can't if we don't participate. Thank you for listening.